Welcome to Room 106. I'm Richard Garlick from Planning Magazine. And I'm John Gagan, also from Planning Magazine. This is a bonus edition in which we'll be discussing the government's apparently stalled programme of changes to the planning system, whether we can expect it to move forward, and if so, when. But before we get into that, John, can you tell us about the key news stories from the past seven days? Firstly, the government's finalised revisions to the National Planning Policy Framework will be delayed until at least September, the Housing Secretary Michael Gove has confirmed. So the finalised revisions had been promised in the spring when the consultation was launched just before Christmas. Next, the government has said councils will be able to require developers to pay a proportion of the new infrastructure levy contributions in kind as on-site affordable housing, while allowing authorities to opt out of the national charge if it threatens to undermine development in their area. The two moves are contained in a series of amendments tabled by ministers to the Leveling Up and Regeneration Bill, which are being considered by the House of Lords this week. In other news, two councils and a local MP have criticised reported plans from the Housing Secretary Michael Gove for up to 250,000 homes in Cambridge and the surrounding area, saying they have not been consulted and there is not enough water to support the proposals. The Sunday Times reported at the weekend that the plans, which it said were drawn up in recent months by the Department for Leveling Up Housing and Communities, were currently at concept stage and involve a huge expansion of Cambridge as part of a blueprint to fix England's housing crisis. Elsewhere, a government scheme that stops developers who fail to sign up to a pledge to fix unsafe buildings from implementing planning permissions for major developments has passed into law. And finally, the Energy Secretary has approved plans for a 275 hectare solar farm in the Essex countryside near Chelmsford after he found the benefits for national renewable energy generation outweighed the loss of high quality agricultural land and localised landscape harm. Many thanks, John. And of course, more details in each of those stories can be found on planningresource.co.uk. Okay, so now to return to Room 106 for our deep dive. One thing to note is that the deep dive segment was recorded last week, before Gove revealed that the finalised revisions to the National Planning Policy Framework will be delayed until at least September. But as a discussion of what's causing the delay, and what has to happen before things move forward, we think it's as relevant today as when it was recorded. Okay, see you later. Well, here I am again in the cavern in which all new planning information collects. I'm looking for our regular contributor, David Blackman, who I believe will be in the part of Room 106 where they keep the updates on government progress with its programme of planning changes. I believe it's just round this corner. Yes, indeed. Hello, David. Ah, hello, Richard. Well, it's very tidy in here. Most parts of Room 106 are groaning with dusty paperwork, but this is almost bare. Well... That could be because there's nothing to put in here at the moment. OK, David, so just to remind myself about the background to all this, the government published some draft changes to the MPPF just before Christmas. These, among other things, proposed to weaken the link between the housing need figures produced for council areas by the government's standard method and the final housing requirements that get put into council's local plans. 
The government said it expected to finalise its MPPF revisions by spring 2023. It also said it expected to finalise the levelling up and regeneration bill by about the same date. Among many other things, this bill would bring in the new infrastructure levy, a national suite of development management policies and street votes. So the summer solstice has passed and with no sign of either. Did the government flag that there'd be a delay or explain it? The short answer is probably no, but we got a signal just over a month ago during a hearing of the Leveling Up Housing and Communities Select Committee. Appearing in front of that were the Housing Minister, Rachel McLean, and the Director General for Regeneration at DLUC, Emran Meehan. They let slip at that point the government didn't have a date for the publication of the response to the MPPF consultation or when the proposed changes in it would be implemented. And of course, these are the kind of changes which you've been just talking about with the MPPF. Okay, so what are those who sort of work closely with the government on their policy and legislation programme? What do they think of the reasons behind this delay? Well, I think um, one indication was given by Rachel McLean at the Select Committee when she talked about the sheer volume of responses that the department had received in response to the NPPF. She said the government had received 26, around 26,000 responses to the exercise. Seasoned planning watchers, of course, may think this isn't so unusual because big planning changes always get lots of responses. So this shouldn't be a huge surprise to the department, but we'll, we'll let that go. Another point that was raised with me was that a lot of the responses were very detailed. So they'll take quite a lot of time to process, absorb, go through. I suppose the more detailed the response is, the easier it, the, or the harder it is to, to simply bat it away if you're in the government's shoes. But there are other factors too. DLUC itself has a pretty extensive in-tray at the moment, aside from the planning changes which they talked about, and indeed the, the, the levelling up bill which you referred to earlier on. There's a new private uh, renters reform bill which is coming out, which will be an important piece of work. And then, of course, there's also the secondary legislation to do with the government's new building safety regime. A lot of that's got to be in place, or a lot of the secondary legislation has to be published before the summer recess of Parliament around July the 21st, if the new building safety regime has any chance of being up and running in the autumn. And that, of course, we know that's a big priority for Michael Gove. Do we think that DLUHC is unusual uh, among government departments in running late on legislation at the moment? Again, it's a common tale from across government that um, that a lot, of, a lot of government consultations are suffering from fairly severe delays at the moment. I mean, I was told during this that uh, reforms to household waste recycling, for example, um, a related field, but, but DEFRA is running nearly two years behind schedule on those at the moment. And of course, there are other problems. This is all compounded by the fact that planning is quite politically sensitive. So just coming back to the sort of the DLUHC, is this just a matter of their workload or, or are the political factors to the delay? The suspicion is that planning is such a sort of a hot topic at the moment within the, the, the Tory party that um, it's not just about workload, that it's probably about politics as well. I mean, we all know there's been a big backlash on the Tory backbenches over the past year about the planning reforms, particularly the housing targets. But there also, there's also a strong camp within the Tory party which is very pro-house building. I mean, we've, the most prominent of those, of course, is now Simon Clark, who was, um, well, I suppose you could say uh, Michael Gove's predecessor as uh, levelling up secretary, that, of course, he had a, a brief spell as, um, as in the portfolio during Liz Truss's government. He's pretty unhappy about government attempts to water down housing targets. So it's a very sensitive issue within the Tory party at the moment. And that probably means there isn't a, a huge desire to poke the bear at the moment if, if the government can avoid doing it.
And that probably also means that number 10 Downing Street will be particularly careful about signing off any changes, even if they're on something which, which looks as technical and, and relatively uncontroversial as, as the NPPF normally is. Is one of the problems a sort of perceived lack of political benefit before a general election in maybe 18 months' time? Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. There's a feeling that with planning, these are fairly long-term changes. So you probably won't see much political upside before a general election because it'll take time to translate policy into planning permissions and then into spades on the ground. Well, you know, we're looking at 18 months max now before a general election. Chances are you're not actually going to see any new housing delivered as a direct result of the of, the, of any planning changes which come in now. So really, as Chris Rumfit, who had worked for DLUC in one of its four reincarnations, said, you know, this is planning reform at this point, of the, at, this, at this stage of the electoral cycle, is really about the signals that the government's sending out rather than anything else. So are we literally saying we're not going to hear anything until a general election or until after a general election? Or is there a, a nearer political hurdle that the government is waiting to get past? Here, we've got a set of by-elections coming up later. Later in the month, of course, many of these have been sparked by the resignation of uh, Nigel Adams, one of, uh, you know, following Boris Johnson's resignation. We've got Boris Johnson's seat coming up for grabs, potentially Nadine Doris's seat in Med Bedfordshire, and we've got a by-election in Somerset. So we've got a lot of by-elections, certainly three coming up before the end of this parliamentary term. So until then, I think we probably can't expect to see much activity on the planning front for the reasons I've articulated earlier. And of course... The importance of this, perhaps evidence of this, we can point back to the 2021 by-election in Chesham and Amersham. You remember at that time, the Conservatives were riding very high post-vaccine rollout. They still lost this by-election to the Liberal Democrats of a very safe seat. And a big factor within this was planning reform, HS2, anti-development feelings. And that really triggered the first jitters, serious jitters within government about its planning reform agenda. What about the levelling up and regeneration bill? Um, that was also supposed to be um, when they consulted on the on the um, on the MPPF changes um, uh, before Christmas. They were talking about the levelling up and regeneration bill being um, finalised by the spring. What stages is it, does it still have to go through before it becomes law? And how long is this likely to take? Again, the ever optimistic deluxe uh, timetable has been missed. What we're seeing here that's been announced that the final stage or the, fu- the final formal stage of the levelling up and regeneration bill is going to take place on two days in the middle of middle of July. Then it gets involved in a, a process called ping pong, which um, students of uh, parliamentary legislation may recall was quite a big thing with the Housing and Planning Act in 2016. And what this involves is that any amendments which have been passed by the House of Lords, which haven't been taken out during the report stage, then the government basically has to haggle with the House of Lords over whether to how to remove those amendments it doesn't want to take forward. And that could be quite a long process, as people will recall from the Housing and Planning Act in 2016. So um, chances are that given there's only a few days between the end of the report stage and the summer recess, that this will have to come back in September. And the final, the final stage of the process before it receives royal assent won't take place until September. But it's probably important that it does get to happen in September because it looks like we're going to have a King's speech, the first King's speech after the party political conference season in October. And from what I hear, the legislation is too far advanced for it to be rolled forward into the next parliamentary session. So we should expect to see the, the lerb on the books by the end of September at the very latest. 
And it's also important to note that there are quite a lot of changes which were flagged up or longer term changes changes the NPPF to sort of refer back to our previous conversation, which are really conditional on the passage of the levelling up bill. Yes, that's right. And the, the government said they would um, consult on further NPPF changes once the levelling up bill was done and dusted. Indeed. Okay, so another round to, to um, will start once the bill is passed, assuming that it is passed. Yeah. David, thank you very much indeed for that. I am going to leave you in this very bare room, searching the sort of fissures and uh, corners for uh, any other information about the government's progress on its planning reform programme, and uh, maybe come back and talk to you here again in, in, in a few weeks. Thank you very much. See you soon. Great. That's another edition completed. We'll be back next week with another update on the past fortnight's biggest planning news stories. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe wherever you normally get your podcasts. And to get a daily bulletin of planning news, plus weekly analysis and specialist bulletins, subscribe at planningresource.co.uk. Our thanks to producers Hannah Holt from Haymarket Business Media and Daisy Chaku from Rethink. And thanks for listening.